Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to VSC 91.3 FM studio. It's uh, eight minutes after eight, and uh, program on a Tuesday between eight and nine as you normally. Uh, MJC speaks this evening. We'll be taking a look at uh, uh, the life of Monarch's son uh, Hendrix, and of course, uh, uh, why he was known internationally as a Palestinian activist and supporter. We'll be looking at this aspect of his life this evening, inshallah. Now, obviously, as we know, this week. Weekend, uh, Cape Town in South Africa lost, you know, the icon in the in the form of Mona Ehsan Hendricks was a giant in the international Islamic scholarly community and was a friend to the Palestinian people and an activist in the Palestinian solidarity movement and supporter of the BDS or boycott of Islamic uh, of Israel campaign, the BDS boycott, divestment and sanctions campaign. Uh, he had regular programs on Voice of the Cape pertaining to Masjid al-Aqsa, particularly on a Tuesday evening uh, in order to bring away of, of Islam's most third, it's the third's most holiest site, and uh, to keep it in the hands of the Palestinian people. Uh, tonight we do just we cannot do justice to Monarch Sun in this hour, but we will try our best, inshallah, in trying to reflect upon the the um, you know massive impact that uh, Mona had um, as an activist in this field. And of course, uh, you know there were various humanitarian uh, initiatives that Mona and the Al Quds Foundation took up. We also know about uh, you know. The, the the programs that were hosted in in try and, and rallies were held to keep in the minds of people the Nakba, which was obviously commemorated earlier this year, to keep in the minds of people, you know, the, the disposition of land of nineteen forty eight uh, occupied Palestine. And uh, um, also what we'll be talking about this evening is just uh, looking at getting a perspective from people who had engaged with Mona on various levels. Uh, and, and, and seeing and trying to understand, you know, the level of his commitment and also looking at the contributions that he made and how he inspired other people to take up the cause of our Quds, to take up the course of, you know, def- uh, defending and protecting Masjid al-Aqsa. And this evening also, uh, we'll be exploring the Al-Quds Foundation as a whole and how it was established and the principles upon which it was established, the offices here in South Africa, that is at least. But of course, online we have uh, uh, we have uh, Mr. Anwar Nagia, uh, the 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 founder of the uh, Palestinian Museum here in, in in South Africa and also founder of the Calf Trust and of course uh, um, we know that uh, um, uh, when we speak about uh, Palestine you know um, synonymous with Palestine Monarchs and Hendricks and so tonight uh, when we talk uh, to uh, Dr Anwar I would like to just explore you know once again the uh, passion as Mona, as uh, Dr Anwar experienced it from his side inshallah but of course uh, Dr Anwar Nagia uh, joining us. On Line. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the program. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, my brother and brother uh, Sheikh, and also I commend the, uh, the radio station for the last few days. And <coughs> in fact, my son just is suffering from a bit of a chest um, to, to To highlight all of the South African and global icons uh, in the response to the brutal occupation. Of the issues around Palestine, but also the persecution and the Holocaust that's unfolding there. And yes, many years ago, in 2009, already, <clears throat> when I spoke to Molanai Khan and uh, other members <coughs> of the religious fraternity, uh, to to give a a more consistent response to this genocide that's taking place, other than just marches and meetings public hearings, but to institutionalize our response 
to this vile and repugnant um, uh, approach to, uh, to the persecution of the people. And of course, the world is complicit. Um, and most of the world is complicit, despite the fact that we have even our own country still tolerating um, the notion of whether we downgrade the embassies, uh, the Israeli embassy. And of course, many, many parts of Africa now is being sold out and sold their souls to the, the what they call the Zionist project. Um, the perceived first world, uh, U.S., France, Germany, all of these countries, um, and of course, uh, forcing the United Nations um, to not implement resolutions condemning this um, the Holocaust that's taking place there and the, and the apartheid state which Israel is. So in, 19, in 2009, Modern and I um, and myself had a number of discussions with the Kaf Trust, our family trust, um, in, in articulating how we should take the terrain of struggle further. You can do it via arts and culture, you can do it via sports, you can do it via religious bodies, and you can do it via institutional responses. And one of the ones was that we established a proper um, definitive Palestinian museum to, uh, to help uh, not only the Palestinian cause, but to help people understand that this issue is beyond a religious discourse um, that, that the media likes to project, that it is a discourse of human rights violation and it is a discourse of violent occupation of the people's land. Now, the Balfour Declaration took place in 1917, which is the Palestinian with the so-called British Mandate. And Mullah Khan actually takes that debate even further. And he says, look, we must locate the debate 6,000 years to debunk the argument that both the Temple Mount and, <coughs> and that uh, the Jewish community stayed there and they had the right to this, this biblical uh, narrative which uh, is put there. Now, we have never, ever, ever in any way condemned um, uh, Jewish people. We will never do so. But we will condemn Zionism in every form that it might find itself. But there's Christian Zionists in South Africa, and there's Christian Zionists in America, which in fact uh, give, give a feeble. I think uh, we just lost uh, Dr. Anwar Nagir there for a moment. We're just kind of framing a point around oh. uh, Dr. Nagir back with us. Okay. Oh, sorry, I didn't realize we were off here. <laughs> not a problem. Not a problem. We, we, we're back. We're back again. So um, you were saying you, 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 you were just coming to the point of uh, um, uh, the 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 the, uh, the, the uh, as as you were mentioning that the issue is not with uh, uh, with with Judaism or with Jews, uh, but the issue is with um, the occupation and with the as, and with Zionism. Exactly as Mother and ourselves put it. You know this whole notion and the narrative that's been that's paraded through the media and paraded through the minds of many people would deliberately want to think of it that way, that it is a religious discourse and a fight between Muslims and Jews and whether they should stay or not stay in, in, the, in the Holy Land of Palestine. It's for all the Abrahamic faces. But Jerusalem as capital, as a seat of capital for not only the Muslim community, it's also the seat of capital for humanity. But it's all the argument Melanie's son makes when he says, Anwar, I'm a not this museum. As long as museum stands and has legs and has some kind of viability, we must, in fact, broaden the scope of the museum beyond the narrative of Judaism 
and Islam. And so therefore, we have and embrace the third uh, 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 component with the Christianity, the role of Christianity, Nabi Isa. And in the Palestine Museum, which Molina was one of the first patrons of the museum, or one of the first elders, we are celebrating Judaism, we're celebrating Islam, and we're celebrating Christianity, as well as being sensitive to other religious faiths that might um, uh, find themselves um, visiting us and appreciating the work that we're doing. So we are very pleased Molina's son has given a lot of political direction and has also given ideological direction to us in terms of how we must express ourselves through the medium of, of the uh, exhibitions that we run, the territorial intervention, the library as we located it, and of course the, the artifacts that will be displayed. And uh, to that we remain indebted to his uh, infinite wisdom, uh, not only on Palestine, but human rights discourses. And that to us was the closeness with, with the Palestine Museum and, and Mulan Aishan. And you obviously being one of the first patrons. Uh, Doctor Nagi, Nagi, I just want to maybe ask you a question that I think, uh, um, and I, I think that this is a crucial question to ask because uh, we all fall, uh, you know, victim to the twenty-four hour news trap. Uh, you know, there's a lot of news being, sp- uh, being 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 spread about, you know, what's happening in Al-Aqsa and Al-Quds all the time, and all this politicking that's going on globally. Um, but next, I did not strike me as someone who, you know, uh, fell fell prey to that uh, uh, to that uh, particular, you know, twenty four news hour cycle, and was constantly commenting on every bit of news that came out of uh, out of Palestine or Aqsa. But more than that, he was someone who held uh, held held fast to the tenets. Uh, that and beliefs that uh, you know the Palestinian people were dispossessed. Uh, we, we spoke about 1948. Uh, we spoke about the Balfour Declaration, and he kept coming back to these themes to entrench in people's minds that do not get distracted from uh, you know the issue by whatever politicking is coming out of uh, uh, out of the, the 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 United States and whatever uh, mainstream media is trying to tell you about what's happening in Aqsa and Palestine. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the point that he constantly makes, that, you know, the disinformation in billions upon billions of U.S. dollars being spent by the um, Israeli project, not only in America, in Israel, in parts of, of the world, and every organization that they can fund, and even political parties in South Africa, you know, if the bill goes through, to expose the funding for political parties, you will see that many of our political parties have got the dirty paws in promoting the Israeli project. And therefore, Molina always is to remind us, you know, that these kind of um, media sound bites to uh, shape people's perceptions that uh, the uh, issues around uh, Palestine it was never, ever a Palestinian state, but it was always a Zionist or a Jewish state. Um, it's a new narrative that's been promoted, uh, even by SABC, even by the so-called freedom of expression and freedom of, 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 of the press. And we know that that, that is fake news. And so the difference between fake news and the actual facts on the ground. I also and, recall... Um... And the gullibility of people is, is just makes us completely... Um, uh, we are saddened by the gullibility of reasonable um, uh, people, uh, faith-loving people, that's in complete denial because of the strong presence 
of the Zionist lobby. And the fact that you, you condemn the Israeli occupation, it's got nothing to do with persecuting the Jewish people. And they try to make that an argument that it's anti-Semitic. And it, you, you know it's not anti-Semitic. And we must stop being intimidated. I also recall that um, on many occasions when we did have our program focused on Palestine, uh, he always came back to this theme of defining the the borders, defining the compound of Al-Aqsa as opposed to what people see on, you know, travel photographs and uh, trying to get people to understand exactly what the compound of Al-Aqsa comprises because um, obviously uh, we understand the excavations that are that is happening under Al-Aqsa at the moment has continued uh, for, for many, many years and so Obviously, uh, uh, in the minds of the public, when they think of Al-Aqsa, they think of uh, purely the, 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 you know, the, the, the Dome of the Rock. And so one of the key things that he kept coming back to was defining. And uh, at one point, he, he was actually uh, you know, quite disappointed by the fact that you know, so many years after you know, having, having you know, uh, put this program out, people still are confused by you know, what exactly uh, the, 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 the compound of Al-Aqsa comprises. Yeah, you see, one of the, the passions that Melina had was to debunk, first of all, the myth that both the Zionist, um, pro-Zionist um, archaeologists were trying to find uh, trace lines of the, the Temple Mount and was trying to find trace lines of, of Judaism that can vindicate the, the compound of Al-Aqsa in terms of its, its geographical presence for the perceived uh, a Jewish narrative, you know, and many, many, many archaeologists that uh, regard themselves as, as completely free thinkers and independent archaeologists, when they bring forth their, their findings, their archaeological findings, three or five or six or seven or ten generations, they literally, truth be told, says there is no justification uh, for the narrative that it is part of the Temple Mount, that the, the Al-Aqsa compound, in fact, played part of the Jewish narrative. And you had to do that because of people's complete ignorance, because people look at, at, at covers, or people just look at Google, and people just look at yes, and, and, you know, the discourse of ignorance is one of the, the bad contentions that we have to live with. The selective confirmation of people, you know, reasoning uh, by minimal facts and maximum um, <laughs> definitions. You know, they, 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 they take maximum benefits out of minimum facts. It's just not true. And the, and the, the sad reality that nobody is having in-depth research on these subjects. Everybody is going life according to Google and life according to fake news. And we are all victims. Even I myself are sometimes a victim by fake news because one responds without actually looking at it and going into into the thing, um, and the social media has absolutely corrupted our brains uh, in a way that, that, that we are victims, and we have to remain conscious about it. And part of what Melina was, was, was doing was to give people a sense of looking at the history beyond uh, the, the kind of Eurocentric uh, uh, writers of history or Pax American writers of history, and that we, in fact, should, should go into the, the, the issues and the research of, of Al-Aqsa and Palestine by Palestinian writers, by the victims, and not just by by colonizers who want to, in fact, promote this uh, the, the, the narrative.
that uh, it, it is a Jewish state. And we, we now know that, you know, since the U.S. has declared uh, Jerusalem the capital of, of, um, of Israel, um, all of a sudden, the Knesset then, uh, after 10 years, has decided then to create the apartheid state by calling it a Jewish and ethnic state. Uh, and it's the first ethnic state to be declared uh, post-modern uh, world. Uh, Dr. Nagia, um, you know, as the time winds down, um, my final question is, obviously, Mona left very big shoes to fill um, when it comes to the Palestinian cause. How do we as a community, you know, take up the flag, so to speak, and take up the initiative uh, to carry forward the work that he has, you know, um, that, that he's done? And, 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 and how do we... Uh, take the, 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 the initiative in, in being able to, uh, you know, shape a new consciousness amongst, uh, you know, amongst our community around uh, Palestine. Because one of the things that, uh, that was discussed in the previous program, you know, uh, some time ago with um, the late monarchs and Hendricks was the possibility of getting our madaris and getting our, you know, madrasas and our Muslim schools to inculcate a certain aspect of, of, of or, or synergize a certain aspect of, of uh, the Palestinian history or historical narrative with uh, the curriculum uh, uh, that is currently available in Madaris and in, 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 in Madassan and Muslim schools so that young people grow up with a consciousness of the truth about Al-Aqsa. You know, you've, you've, literally, you've literally, literally answered uh, the vexed question, and you've answered and you responded very well in terms of, of what you're referring to within the school curriculums, within the teaching curriculums, both at the tertiary and at the university, in front of the university level, and outside of the, of the vernaculars of just the Arabic uh, institutions um, or Muslim institutions. It must be broadened because it's a human rights issue, and we must ask both. Um, the, uh, the people that, that are developing the school's curriculum programs. Uh, in South Africa, we must be writing many of the textbooks, not only for giving true South African history and, and stop talking about Wendibik and find Pakistan and uh, speak about, you know, um, uh, the, the African writers, the Khoisan writers, the contributions to civilization, world civilization. Um, and, and that story is told through the institutionalized response. The Al-Qud Foundation left a huge legacy and it goes to fall. And yeah, I want to thank Brother Yunus and the Khorshid, you know, for the continued support for the vigilancy around Palestine. And, and, you know, you have this Holocaust Museum in Cape Town, the Jewish Holocaust Museum, and they have it all over the world. And similarly, too, we must have Holocaust Palestine Museum that can respond to the same thing, uh, both schools at a, at, a, at a very prime level, and then, of course, at the secondary level and at the tertiary level, you know, we, 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 we have to create a proper positive and a center um, and a nucleus where these um, messages can go, not propaganda, just proper world history and reflect on how it should be done without the denialists. But we have the foreign press and we have the media, which is biased and skewed. And what we have to do as a, as a VOC or as a 7 as a Salah Media, as a Sun Islam, all of these radio stations, and of course, uh, Bush Radio and other community radio stations, is to present not alternative facts, but just to present the facts as they are. But believe me, despite the fact that we feel sometimes helpless, there's a lot of hope.
I'll come from the prison from where I sit and where I I only see hope and I only see determination. The BDS movement, the uh, National Coalition for Palestine, all of these uh, 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 movements, the trade union movement in South Africa, you know, um, uh, the political formations, the ANC itself, you know, Madiba itself has, has brought to the fore. So there's a lot of hope despite the fact that you despair. So to double the efforts and in, in a contribution towards celebrating Northern Ireland's life, we must recommit ourselves to getting that agenda uh, uppermost in our minds, even with other discourses of, of injustices that are taking place. Dr. Anwar Nagia, I want to say shukran so much for joining us uh, and uh, you know reflecting upon the in the contribution made by uh, late Monarchs and Hendricks uh, to the Palestinian cause. Uh, let's hope, inshallah, that you know we, we as a community take up that initiative. Let's hope that we do, uh, you know, find a way to to keep the legacy, this at least this aspect of his legacy alive in the community. Shukran so much. Yeah, just in closing, can I just say that you know we are Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to give Malana Ikhsan, Jonathan Fintos, and the high station. We ask that Sabr be placed in the heart of his wife, his kids, and his family, his friends, and of course, uh, the legacy of the Al-Quds Foundation, and also Sabr in the hearts of all the leadership of the MJC and all the other political formations that, uh, that whose lives he's touched so dearly. And we will see. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. That was Dr. Anwar Nagia uh, reflecting upon the contributions made by Monarch San Hendricks to the Palestinian cause. Uh, when we come back, uh, we will be listening to an interview uh, conducted by uh, VSC journalist Zakir uh, Desai with uh, Basil Akbaria, Palestinian activist. Um, who is currently in Palestine around uh, the the impact that Murnak San had, um, you know, on the Palestinian community uh, and, and due to his work there and due to his uh, constant activism. Uh, when we come back from this break, we will continue. Stay tuned. 91.3 FM Stereo, the voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum. Now, as I mentioned, Manak Sassan uh, was loved by many, including the Palestinian people who are in mourning at the loss of such a great uh, personality. Now, earlier in the day, uh, VSC journalist uh, Zakir Adesai spoke to Basil Akbaria, a Palestinian who arrived in Cape Town and met with Manak Sassan and maintained close ties with him up until Manak's demise. And of course, uh, Basil Akbaria is you know, a Palestinian activist, um, also a uh, he was a student in Cape Town while he was here studying pharmacy and um, you know he was our contact in the most recent uprisings uh, and uh, as far as uh, most recently you will recall when uh, the compound of Al-Aqsa and the masjid itself was under siege uh, he was he, he was our correspondent so we, we, we chatted to him uh, earlier on today to find out what the sentiment and what the feeling is like in Palestine you know uh, at the news of the passing of uh, Monarch's son uh, take a listen now Basil we know that you were one of seven students from Palestine who was brought to the Cape to complete your tertiary education at the age of 18 years now, after spending eight years in South Africa, you developed a very close connection to Molana Ihsan Hendricks, who we know passed away this past Friday evening. Can you take us back to how you first met Molana? Well, actually, the first time I saw Molana Ihsan Hendricks was in my city in Palestine, Umm Al-Fahim. Uh, we had a rally uh, called Al-Aqsa in danger, 
and uh, there were many speakers that day. I was about 15 years old, uh, sitting right in front on the grass of the stadium where the Mahrajan was held at. And um, a South African leader came on the stage, and he spoke such eloquent, powerful Arabic. He gave a very short speech on that day. But his main message was that Al-Aqsa Laysa Wahida, Al-Aqsa is not alone. And I remember that day that Maulana Ihsan Hendricks, uh, despite him being the only foreigner that spoke that day, he moved the crowd and he was the most powerful speaker. And he stuck on my head and I always had admiration for him and wanted to know more about the South African community and about this man um, who came all the way from South Africa to announce his powerful message that Al-Aqsa is not alone. I didn't know that uh, I was about to meet Maulana three years after that when I graduated uh, from matric and I've got a scholarship uh, with uh, six other students to come and study in South Africa. Now, obviously, Maulana is the one who asked uh, Sheikh Ra'id Salah uh, from the Palestine 1948, known as uh, Sheikh Al-Aqsa, uh, for him to send students from Palestine to study in South Africa, and I was one of those students. And on the first night, Maulana was there to greet us and to welcome us in South Africa. And again, the eloquence of Maulana's uh, Arabic uh, made one feel at home uh, straight away. Later on, obviously, this journey continued by really knowing Maulana very well, and I would say that I considered myself as one of Maulana's students. I've been around a number of Palestinians over the past few years, in particular those connected to the Al-Quds Foundation and Maulana himself, and I found that a lot of people have a lot of respect for him and the support that he provided for students who came from abroad, who had no family here and no place to stay. Can you take us through how Maulana lent support to you? Obviously, Maulana himself, when he met us as a young student uh, coming from all the way from Palestine, he, he didn't meet us like in, a, in his uh, status as a leader of a he was like a friend to us. He spoke to us. He he took care of us. He asked us questions. I, I remember on the first day, he asked us if we have any sports, any activities we would like to do, um, uh, anything we would have liked, uh, the food, uh, anything we didn't like or liked or wanted to do. Maulana said, I'm here. I'll make it possible for you. And uh, that in itself made us feel at home from the first moment. And what is also amazing about Maulana, that he has a team of people around him which, which love him so much and also believe in the same message he believes in. So everybody that was around Maulana as well uh, is like family to us. Uh, Maulana himself, Dr. Brahim Akuji, Hajji Yunus, Hajja Furshid, uh, everybody that works with Maulana closely, we became like a family, all of us, and this family really uh, helped each and every student uh, to excel, to feel at home. And uh, I always say that South Africa, Cape Town, is my second home. I really didn't feel I was away from home for one moment.
Now, Basil Maulana has been criticized over the years for focusing too much on the issue of Palestine and seemingly not adequately highlighting local issues. Now, while there is a differing opinion on this, what are your thoughts on these assertions? I actually recall the day Maulana decided to take a convoy to the Gaza Strip and knowingly that this task is a huge uh, task that not anybody can uh, take on. We have seen throughout the years that many would react when Gaza, for example, in the time of war, uh, they would march, they would do protests, but uh, many of the people after that, all the activism will fade away, but Maulana was not the person that would work on the hype and then leave matters, but he worked on the Africa aid convoy. But I remember clearly Maulana said on that first day, I'm going to take the convoy through Africa and I will go to Gaza. But due to trouble in the Middle East at the time, some of the countries that uh, we couldn't go through to go to Gaza, Maulana still sent a convoy before the, the other ships or flew away uh, and, the, and the aid went to, to the port of, in Egypt. Uh, a convoy went to Africa and helped many of the African countries on that convoy. I think a lot of people uh, forget or ignore that fact. And Maulana also was the president of the Muslim Judicial Council, and he once told me as well that the late sheikh of the MGC uh, did not want to always uh, publicize the things that they do at the MGC and they say that they do things for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so it might sometimes hurt their advertisement or what they actually do but they feel that they want to keep things within them and all these charity projects that happened within South Africa weren't as publicized as the one that went to Gaza Uh, but Maulana also could not be blamed for being passionate about uh, the issue of Palestine. Uh, One also must take one uh, specialization instead of uh, concentrating on too many things and achieving none. But if you look today at how people entered Maulana into the mosque with the Palestinian flag, chanted him out of the mosque, most of the leaders in the Arab world and in Palestine have been saddened by the news of passing of Maulana Hassan Hendricks because they know the effect and legacy that he left. So if the people that criticize Maulana while he's living on this, today actually we should reflect on the criticization of him focusing on Palestine and ignoring other issues and see that legacy that he left behind. And I think if we, each one of us, concentrate on one human issue that we are actually related to or we love, we could actually leave a legacy such as the legacy that Maulana has left. Maulana has, with his passing, been hailed for his contribution to the Palestinian cause. But to close the interview on a personal note, what has been the biggest lesson that you can say Maulana left you with, Basil? Maulana son Hendricks has left me with one lesson. I actually call him my teacher and my role model. But what he left me with is the confidence he gave me throughout the years. Maulana actually sat with me on a very lengthy uh, talks. He spoke to me about his studies in Lucknow. 
He talked about to me about his passion for his teacher, uh, Abul Hassan al-Nadawi, which where he studied in India. We spoke about uh, the book, Mada Khasr al-Alam bin Hitat al-Muslimin, what has the world has lost in the downgrade of the Muslims. And we had lengthy, um, you know, talks about this. But what, what stopped with me is every time Maulana gave me from his knowledge, but when we had delegations, when we had talks, when we had uh, uh, marches, Maulana always said, Basil, come to the front. And he always brought me to the front. He always wanted the people to hear my voice. And that's what he wanted to do, to give the Palestinian people a voice to speak. And he was proud that he gave me the means. He was the one. That because of him I could speak English. He's the one because of him I was pursuing my university degree. He's the one that he sat with me in lengthy discussions and we studied books together. So, and that's what actually people should do instead of asking what can we do for the Palestinian people. The Palestinian people for so many years couldn't have told their story from their Palestinian perspective. And what people like Maulana did or do is give the Palestinians a voice so that the Palestinian story from within can be told. And that is the biggest message that Maulana has left me with. For VOC News, I'm Zakir Odesai. 91.3 FM Stereo, the voice of the Cape. Uh, before the break, you listen to uh, Basil Akbaria, Palestinian activist and student, uh, who uh, had uh, mentioned his and, and spoken about his engagements with uh, Mona Ihsan Hendricks uh, and uh, the impact that Mona had on him. He said that Mona, in actual fact, was one of the reasons that he is able to speak English today and uh, inspired him in many ways. And also, uh, one of the themes that comes through often, one of the things that we constantly hear is that Mona Ihsan was someone who you know identified and promoted you know potential leaders and this is what he did with uh, Basil as well we heard uh, him saying that he'd always put him put him at, at the front uh, and have people uh, have him tell his story to people as well so yeah are we trying to get hold of uh, Mohammed Sami Palestinian student who studies in Cape Town as well uh, and find out about his experiences and his you know feelings around uh, you know Monaxan and his past uh, but but unfortunately, uh, we're struggling at the moment on the line, uh, but we'll try and maybe link up with him towards the end of the show. Uh, but online with us now, we have Sheikh Ibrahim Gabriels, former president of the Muslim Judicial Council and executive member. And uh, Sheikh is going to be joining us on the issue of a special Palestinian awareness program, uh, which is planned for Cape Town. Uh, Sheikh, assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the show. Wa alaikum. Alhamdulillah, all the better to you, Sheikh Swiss, Alhamdulillah. MashaAllah, Sheikh, obviously t- tonight uh, we'll be talking about a special program, a Palestinian awareness program that is being planned, inshallah. Uh, tell us about uh, the, the event that is planned uh, for this Thursday evening. Yeah, yeah. Muhammad, let me greet you and all the dear listeners. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yeah, and let me take you back 14 years. Uh, 14 years ago, when uh, Sheikh Ahmad Yasin, who, who was the founder and the leader of Hamas, the Harata Muqawama Islamiya, the Islamic resistance movement, and I want to say loud and clear, they are not a terrorist uh, group like uh, claimed by the Zionists and by the Americans, but they are actually uh, a resistance movement in rights. So uh, Sheikh Yas was murdered and killed by the Israeli army. And so we 
Salah in Safi Skar Stadium. And on that day, Allah subhanahu inspired Mawlana Islam to the program every Thursday to fast every Thursday for the liberation of Aqsa and Palestine. So we thought that uh, this uh, was one of the, uh, 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 of, the, of the great leaders for Palestine, and he was one of the people that initiated this program, the Thursday program. And after we fast every Thursday, we go to the Masajid. And then we have a Palestinian program, we have Iftar together. And then from Maghrib until Isha, we have a Palestinian program. So we, we thought it's being, uh, being so befitting that on Thursday night we honor Mawlana Ihsan and have this program dedicated to Mawlana Ihsan and for what he has done for Palestine. But as you know, Mawlana was known as Shaykh Al-Aqsa of South Africa. And what a title that was given. Not that he wanted... In fact, Muhammad Fasih, when I visited Mawlana six days before uh, Allah subhanahu took him away, he told me, Shaykh Ibrahim, I, I don't like this title, title of Shaykh Al-Aqsa. You know, uh, mm-hmm. but, but that's because of his humility. So this Thursday night, we invite everybody to join us, and we will be so happy if we can dedicate this Thursday to fast. And we are in the most holiest days of the Shida. And, and like one day of fasting in these days equals so dedicate to Mubana and come to the program and it's so amazing Muhammad Fasir at the same time the Muslim Digital Council has, has earmarked this Thursday night to have a bigger with the intention that Allah subhanahu brings harmony and stability and morality back to South Africa because we know things are not going well in South Africa so Thursday night and uh, subhanallah this is night Muhammad Fasir and also dedicated for the vicar for Mawlana Ihsan. It is seven nights receiver honors of the King of the Nikab. So we are inviting everybody to be there, you know, and uh, subhanAllah, uh, it's amazing that how Allah honored Mawlana Ihsan. Subhanallah, most most definitely, and I think uh, um, that uh, uh, this the the, the 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 program coinciding with the seven nights, I think, is so appropriate. Subhanallah, on the Thursday night, also, uh, we know we do as I accepted, uh, and we make the Allah Subhanahu wa Taala grant Mawlana highest places, highest stages in Jannah, inshallah. I mean, and also for all those who have passed away, inshallah. I mean, uh, and Muhammad Fasir, I can add also that when we approach a boy, okay, uh, so it was so kind. And they asked those people that were supposed to make zikr for, for this Thursday to ask them, and they agreed also that they will, they on a later week, they will go. But they also gave in that we can dedicate this uh, live broadcast, un- uh, especially for, uh, for Mullah next time. So from 7 o'clock until 10 o'clock, Voice of the Cape will be live at St. Masjid Majlis Salam. So once again, Muhammad Fasih, and, uh, I mean, motivating everybody to be there, be there. If you can, inshallah, fast the Thursday and dedicate that fasting for the liberation of Masjid Aqsa and dedicate that uh, fasting also for, on the food for the Sawab on the next time. Stay with us for the whole night, inshallah, with the Palestinian and the Zikrullah. Inshallah. So, so starting after Maghrib, inshallah. Starting after Maghrib. We'll go right until 10 o'clock. Inshallah. Your Muslim brothers and sisters and the people and the family of Muhammad Ihsan, inshallah. Inshallah, I mean. Uh, Sheikh, uh, um, any, any, any final words uh, before we, we wrap yeah, up? Uh, also, uh, I think I will give of the opportunity. Uh, I'm coming back to uh, the 
we want in these 10 most holiest days, I just want to remind the listeners again that Rabbi Muhammad says, Mami ayyami al-amr salifi. Um, Sheikh, unfortunately, the line is a little bit bad. I think I think maybe we'll just uh, end the call there and try and get uh, Sheikh Gabriel's back again. The line's been deteriorating. But just to iterate, uh, um, obviously, Sheikh Gabriel's was speaking about, uh, I think uh, uh, what we'll do is uh, um, uh, we'll just uh, drop the call and try and get him back and reestablish contact, inshallah. I mean, but of course, uh, uh, we know that Sheikh mentioned that uh, um, the, the, uh, the, the program happening on Thursday uh, and inviting the public inviting you to come out and, and join Sheikh at uh, um, at uh, the event obviously in yeah, commemorating okay, I can hear you. okay Sheikh uh, we are back once again I think the signal just dropped there for a moment so hopefully, yes, 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 hopefully, yes. hopefully Sheikh okay. has moved closer to a yeah, window so I, so. So I was saying uh, that um, uh, we are coming I'm coming back to that point that the NGC the NGC leadership has decided that we want to do something extraordinary that Allah brings harmony and peace and, and, and love and morality back to South Africa. So Friday night, the NGC has organized, and Saturday night, the whole Khatam Quran is going to be read. 15 Jews, Friday night, at Awal Masjid. Friday night, uh, are you with me, Fatih? Yes, yes, I can, I can, yes, Yeah. So, so, yeah, can I speak? Uh, she can may, may, may continue? Yeah. So, so Friday night, we will be at, uh, from 9 o'clock in the evening until just before Fajr, 15 Jews. Will be read, and the next the next evening, Saturday night in Darul Islam Masjid in Sari State. So we, we are going to stand whole night and appeal to Allah Subhanahu to bring that stability and that harmony and peace in, into South Africa because this is our country, and the love for your country is part of your iman. And all of us, there's no use we're going to complain. Uh, this is happening. No, we must do something. And the only one that can bring the change and harmony is Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So we're going to appeal to Allah and do extraordinary things, standing a whole night in the masjid, in the house of Allah, Friday night in Awal Masjid, Saturday night in Sarasid Masjid, and once again we invite the whole of Cape Town to be there, inshallah. Inshallah, ameen. Sheikh, uh, shukran so much for, 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 for those words, and uh, um, once again, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make the program a success, and also um, uh, um, may, may, may all the thawab, inshallah, go to uh, Mawana Ikhsan Hendricks. Amin, 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 inshallah. Muhammad Fatih, jazakumullah khairan for you, and shukran to voice of a kid, for uh, uh, um, always uh, doing extra, extra little things for Mawana Ikhsan. He was a great leader, and he will always, always be remembered by all of us. And uh, he was, as you know, very, very close to our heart and very close to the voice of a kid. And like one of your presenters said now the other night, that Maulana was one of the founders of the voice of a kid. So may Allah subhanahu bless his soul and may Allah grant him nur in his khabar and jannah to those. Amin, inshallah. Amin. Shukran so much, Sheikh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. That, of course, was uh, Sheikh Ibrahim Gabriel's. Um, and uh, this evening we've been reflecting on the life of uh, Malik San Hendricks uh, by particularly looking at his uh, his, uh, um, uh, his 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 work with uh, with with uh, Al Quds with Palestine and and his activism in in that area. And of course, uh, uh, speaking to various guests, one thing becomes very clear: his passion and his drive to get the truth out to the public. And I think, again, the fact that, um, you know, uh, he 
he, it was he was in a sense an antidote to the mainstream media coverage around Palestine and Aqsa. Uh, we always were aware of the uh, what was uh, whenever Mona came on air, he would tell us what's happening right at this moment in Al Aqsa, and also at the same time he would also give us history and context to what has been happening. And we had uh, Dr. Anwar Nagia earlier on mentioning that uh, one of the things that was key was that he wanted to explore a six thousand year history uh, because there's this idea that uh, you know the the Arab uh, population in in Gaza is excluded beyond a certain period so he wanted to show uh, you know that 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 Arabs existed even six thousand years ago in uh, in 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 Jerusalem in 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 Palestine and Al-Aqsa uh, as a whole uh, and that uh, you know the history cannot be obliterated and I think you know with with his extensive work uh, talking about uh, the powerful declaration and his extensive work looking at uh, you know the 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 constant you know bombardment and the constant encroachment on uh, the compound of Al-Aqsa I think you know these things uh, really need to be taken forward and uh, Dr. Anwar Nagia presented some ideas about how how the community can do that, inshallah. And I want to say shukran so much to all my guests for participating in the show this evening. Don't forget about the program. Sheikh Gabriel's mentioned plan for this Thursday after Maghrib, inshallah. I mean, right up until 10 o'clock uh, with some dhikr and also, of course, uh, maybe one or two speeches uh, remembering Monaq San Hendrix. So, well, from myself, Muhammad Fasih Peterson, till I speak to you again, inshallah. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.